All right, Locked On Horn Frogs, you guys know what it is. Uh, it's Wednesday, and we're going to talk a lot of TCU basketball today because the Frogs, they, have, they had a pivotal game on Tuesday night against Oklahoma State, and, you know, it was similar to some other wins they've had this season. They had a big lead. At one point, they were up 70-58 um, to 58 with about five minutes left, and it looked like they were going to cruise to a victory. Offense was playing really well, but once again – turn the ball over, not getting quality shots late in the game. They struggled to close it out. Oklahoma State cut that lead down to one, but TCU survives. They win 77-73, to and uh, with the victory, they moved to 16-5 and overall. But more importantly, 5-4 and now in conference play, halfway through the conference slate, just over 500, and have an opportunity, even though the schedule gets much tougher, to, uh, you know, put themselves in a position to make the tournament. This was a big win. You can't really overstate it. And it's not so much that winning this game puts them in the tournament or anything like that, but it's just the fact that if you lost and you fell to four and five, and Mike Miles was out again last night, if you lost and you got to four and five, even with Mike potentially coming back on Saturday against Texas Tech, you were going to hit the tougher part of your schedule and you're going to have to win more games. I mean, just to, to be clear about it, like you're going to have to win more games to be in tournament contention. Um, and you would have essentially two bad losses on your schedule back-to-back. Like the K-State loss at home was a bad loss. Even even though they weren't 100% healthy, it's still not going to look good uh, to the tournament committee. You know, Oklahoma State on the road, that's a game they should have won. But I think when the dust settles – that's not going to hurt them too bad, um, just that loss individually itself. But losing to Oklahoma State at home, who is uh, sitting just under 500 now, that would have been a bad look. Emmanuel Miller had a nice night. He had 16 points. Chuck O'Bannon had 19. Eddie Lamb can continue to do what he does. 10 points, 12 rebounds, endless energy. And Damian Ball had 15 points. Um, Ball and Farabella played a lot of minutes. Ball had to play 38 minutes last night. And, man, I'll tell you, the the most important part of that game to me, or the biggest shot in that game, Damian Ball made two big plays last night. The first one, Oklahoma State goes on that 11-0 run, and all of a sudden it's a one-point game with about two minutes left. And, I mean, it's teetering. Like, I, I just felt like that possession coming out of the timeout was huge because if you miss a shot again and then Oklahoma State goes down and takes the lead with whatever it would be, you know, a minute and a half, a minute 20 left in the game. Not that that's an insurmountable situation, but I just think the way the game was trending, it would have been really tougher than find a way to win. So Ball gets the ball at the top of the key, and it wasn't a great possession. He's just sort of dribbling around, and he shoots a floater from the free throw line. I mean, off balance, one-legged, just kind of throws one up from the free throw line. And he swished it as the shot clock was running down. And, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a textbook possession, but it ended in a bucket. It gave them a three-point lead, and then they were able to hold on after that. Eddie Lampkin hit two big free throws. The other big play in the game that Ball made is they were up by two, and there was, uh, you know, about 30 seconds left in the game or so, maybe a little less than that. Um... And Oklahoma State's pressing, right? Like, they're trying to cause a turnover. If they can't cause a turnover, they're going to foul TCU again, try to extend the game. So they're playing five guys up on the ball. 
And Emmanuel Miller sneaks out and just sprints down the floor and ball through a great pass right to him. Miller caught it, dunked. They took a four-point lead. They were able to get a stop on the next possession. And that was essentially the ball game. Um, so, you know, like, Ball's one of those guys. He can be frustrating at times. But I said this before. His confidence has been big for this team, I think. He's made huge plays in big moments. And, you know, last night he played 38 minutes with Mike out again and made things happen. This is a tough-minded basketball team. They are 5-0 and after losses. And it's not always pretty. And, yes, I, I hope they can fix some of these late-game issues. But, honestly, like, it just kind of is what it is. I feel like they're just going to deal with it. And, you know, to me, the solution is you got to stop stalling so much. You still have to play in the rhythm of your offense even when you have a big lead late in the game. But that being said, that's now – just off the top of my head, like three games where they've really struggled down the stretch. They've had a big lead against Oklahoma, sort of let that get down to, you know, single digits, one possession. LSU, they jump out to a huge lead early in the second half. LSU comes right back. Last night against Oklahoma State, same thing. But they still found a way to close, right? Like they found a way to close it out. And that's a tough thing to do. Like once it starts slipping away from you, they stabilized. They did it again last night. You know, they were down 20. Another pivotal part of that game in my mind was they're down 23-18. And things were starting to get away from them in the first half. And just the way their offense is constructed right now without Mike, you're thinking, okay, well, if you can't if you can't find a way to get this back to kind of even or stay within striking distance, if you suddenly go down 10 or 12 points, this team's in trouble. But they went on a nice, quick, like 5 nothing run, and then they took the lead, and they never really gave the lead up. So kudos to Jamie Dixon, kudos to TC Basketball for finding a way to get a victory. They're going to go on the road and play Texas Tech. That's going to be tough. But, you know, there's still some winnable games left on the schedule. You get Iowa State at home, you get a couple games against West Virginia, and hopefully they can steal one against Tech or Kansas or Baylor. And then your resume looks pretty good at the end of the season. You know, we'll see where they're at when the dust settles. But at least they were able to – Keep the momentum going, stay in contention, and honestly, without your best player last night, the goal was just survive. Find a way. Find a way to survive, and they did that, and that's big for TCU basketball as they continue to try to find a way to make the postseason. We'll be back on Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, segment number two of Lockdown Horn Frogs. Here's some of my conversation with ESPN Central Texas this morning about TCU sports. Hey, Frogs have won three of their last four, including the the home win last night over Oklahoma State, seventy seven to seventy three. Uh, is is this a corner that's been turned by by Coach Dixon's team? Well, big win last night. I mean, they they got my love who's been their best scorer this year, and uh, you know, it got a little dicey towards the end. They had another situation where they had a big lead. They're up by twelve with about five minutes left. They end up. Uh, blowing that, and then Oklahoma State's only down by one with a couple minutes left in the game. So they held on to win. And, you know, it, it was imperative for them to stack as many wins as possible in the front half of the schedule because the back half of the schedule gets pretty tough. They, they play Tech this weekend. They'll, they'll get them again later. They play Kansas twice. They'll get Baylor somewhere in between. So 
Um, I hope they've turned a corner. You know, I think they've definitely on offense gotten better as the year's gone on. The shots are starting to fall. They're starting to get more quality looks within, uh, you know, the rhythm of what they're trying to do on those half-court sets, which is big. So if Miles is supposed to be healthy starting this weekend, that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be significant for them. But, yeah, Tom, I mean, if they can steal a game or two against some of those really good teams and take care of business against Iowa State and West Virginia when they get those uh, schools in town, and they're going to be in a really good position here. They're playing well. They're playing with good energy. And, you know, I think the biggest stat for them, winning again last night, they're now 5-0 and following a loss, which for a team that kind of got through to, thrown together, uh, you know, in the offseason with all the transfers they've had, I've just been really impressed with how um, tough-minded they are and how they've been able to, able to bounce back after tough losses. Stephen, what's been the div- biggest difference in this team being able to turn that corner and, and be able to have a shot at getting into the tournament? Well, as I said earlier, they're hitting shots. But honestly, Warren, I think the most consistent thing they've done is just the fan. I mean, they're hard-nosed defensively. They play with great effort and energy. And they rebound really well also. Emmanuel Miller and Eddie Lampkin have been huge on the offensive glass, giving them second-shot opportunities, not allowing teams to have those same opportunities on the other end. So uh, they kind of have the same identity. That's what Jamie Dixon did when he was at Pitt. Like, they were always tough-minded teams that would kind of grind it out. Um, This group has found a little more firepower as the year's gone on. Uh, you know, Ed O'Bannon Jr. has been a, a really good knockdown shooter for them. Damian Ball is kind of a bird as a guard that can score. But honestly, I, I think the biggest thing um, throughout the season has been that they've just played really well on defense. They've crashed the boards. And because of that, they've had opportunities and chances to win in just about every game. So, I mean, now they got to gather and head up out to Lubbock. What are your thoughts on this matchup and that atmosphere that they're going to be entering up there? Well, it's always a fun atmosphere there. Um, you know, Garrett, I, this has been one that I've kind of circled throughout the year as a good indi- as a good indicator of how much they've actually improved because the last few years, like, Tech has just put them in a blender. I mean, their ability to play defense against uh, some TCU teams that struggle to score has made for a really bad matchup. Um, I know this Tech team has, you know, more firepower, but still with Mark Adams, that's their – that's what they're trying to do is, is play slow and get you in the half court and make you uh, or force you to make tough shots. So um, I think they're better equipped to handle that than they have been the past few seasons with uh, some good individual scorers like Mike Miles and Damian Ball. But um, they're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to find a way to, to make some tough shots and um, again, crash those offensive boards and get some second shot opportunities if they're going to be able to uh, win the game on Saturday. Hey, we, we've talked about this before, but uh, is this league kind of starting to separate a little bit, in, in in your opinion, or are we still looking at seven or eight teams that are that are still contending for a spot in the NCAA tournament? You know, that's a good question, Tom. I was thinking about this uh, this weekend because Iowa State, like they were at one point number eight in the nation, but they've kind of fallen off a cliff. They can't seem to find a way to get victories. You know, West Virginia, I I don't think they're a bad team necessarily. But, again, like the losses are kind of piling up for them as Big 12 play goes on. And I don't know what their schedule looks like the rest of the way, um, but I I find it tough for those two teams to get in. Obviously, Oklahoma State's not going to be there. And K-State seems to be trending upwards, but I don't know. I mean, I I feel like six or seven is more realistic, but probably six um, just because I I think – Iowa State and West Virginia have piled up too many losses at this point. I'm not sure what K-State and TCU will do here down the stretch, but it is a tough league. It's a competitive league, 
Um, but man, there's just you can't. You still got to find a way to win eight or nine games, I think, to get in the tourney uh, in conference play. And I just don't see seven teams doing that. Stephen, just a few days away from first pitch in Scottsdale, Arizona, for the TCU Horn Frogs in this new regime in baseball. What are expectations for this new coaching staff and this new roster? They're kind of all over the place, Ward. I mean, it, you know, in the D1 baseball poll, they were uh, 17, I believe, and then they weren't ranked in Baseball America. Um, they have a lot of guys that you, you think are going to be good, but you're not you're not positive. They got some young guys in the lineup like Elijah Nunez and Luke Boyers, who showed some flashes last year, but the sophomores they're going to be called on to be much more consistent at the dish. Um, and then their pitching staff, once you get past Austin Crowe, who was their Saturday starter all year last year, and he'll get the call on Friday nights now. It's kind of a, it's kind of a toss up. Now what they do have is a really good bullpen with Marcelo Perez and Garrett Wright and River Ridings in the back end. So I think they'll lean on those guys early in the season and hope hey can we get can we cobble together five or six innings from our starters and then hand it over to that bullpen. But um, I think expectations are cautiously optimistic. The problem is, as you guys know, I mean Texas. Looks like the consensus number one team in the country. Texas Tech has built a powerhouse there with Tim Tadlock. I expect them to be good. I know Oklahoma State um, apparently has like one of the best recruiting classes in the nation coming in, so they're really talented. So it's a it's a pretty stacked league in baseball as it always is. So I think TCU is kind of there with Baylor and K State as teams that you think could be really good, but we're just going to see. Uh, how how it goes once they get out on the field and once the season starts and, and who has the most arms. That'll do it for Locked On Horn Frogs today. Uh, join me tomorrow. Again, it's your team every day.